Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe and the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is the day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad and thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And uh, we are handling the book of Matthew. And I want us to continue with our study today uh, of the book of Matthew. We have done 14 chapters. And today we want to continue with chapter 15 of this book of Matthew. And you can study along and learn together with us today. Matthew chapter 15 starts by saying then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem. Uh, you know, these people always wanted to poke Jesus, if I may say that. They always wanted to find error with him. They wanted to find fault with him. They always wanted to make sure they get something against him because he, with the teaching that Jesus had, with the way that Jesus was teaching and with the following that Jesus had gathered with him, it caused alarm to these people who were leaders of the religious institution in Israel at that time. And like we know, sometimes it doesn't go well with people who've been in authority. If I'm, I, I could use that statement that when somebody has been the one leading or the one that has been in authority or has been attracting all the respect from others, when uh, someone else comes onto the scene, it doesn't make them so happy. That is the case that the Pharisees and the scribes have because they, before Jesus comes, they are the major leaders of religion in Israel. When Jesus comes, the tables turn, and people now are starting to realize that there is something better. They are starting to see issues of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that Jesus is preaching. And that's not what the Pharisees were preaching. They were preaching the law. They were preaching the, the, the what to follow, what not to eat, what not to touch. And now Jesus comes with a better message. And he does not just come with a message, but with it comes miracles, signs, and wonders. And the Pharisees will do everything in their own power to make sure they frustrate the work of Jesus. And those are people that we have in life that they might be following, but all that they're doing is to make sure they find fault. The Pharisees will travel a long distance from Jerusalem just to come and find fault with Jesus. Not everybody that follows you, not everybody that comes along, not everybody that has traveled the distance to come to you is speaking life or is hoping good for you. Some of them are just coming to find fault and plot your downfall. That is exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They were plotting a downfall. They were plotting uh, of a way that they can get Jesus down. And now they come to him, and they say to him, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Now that is what they've brought to him. For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. That is what they were uh you know, it seems petty, but now that is what they bring. And they're telling Jesus they're breaking tradition of the elders. Yeah? They do not wash their hands while they eat bread. Now, 
these Jewish leaders had a focus with them, and that was to keep uh, and make sure that all the religious Jewish religious etiquette, as it was mentioned, as it was written down, as it was laid down in tradition, is kept. Yeah, in the tradition of the elders, there are some things that had been written down. There are some things that had been mentioned should be kept by everybody. Now, the Pharisees come as police officers of that. They are policing it. They are making sure that everything has to be done as per the tradition. And now, this tradition had even gone beyond the Old Testament books. Yeah, And they had added tradition and they had made things much more elaborate. And this, over the centuries, had been done. That it's beyond now what was written in the time of Moses, but a lot more information had been put into this tradition. And over the centuries, elders had written, elders had elaborated, they had added to it. And this is what the Pharisees religiously follow. And in that document or book or uh, organization called the Mishnah, which they had codified all these things and they wanted people to follow. These stipulations had clearly gone much further than the original provisions of the law. It had gone a lot deeper than what the law had stated and they had added to it. Clearly, they had added to it. So, the Torah had prescribed that priests should cleanse their hands on certain occasions For example, before entering the tent of meeting, which they had to minister before the Lord, uh, those were some things that originally in the Torah Torah, rather, had been included, that this is what you have to do. You wash your hands before you enter the tent to minister. Now, for the extensive hand washing that we are reading about here, which the Pharisees are coming with, this one that is being described here was a new innovation, clearly. And uh, it is very likely that this extensive uh, innovation they made was developed from the hostility that the people of Israel or these leaders had with the Gentiles. And as the hostility grew, and the fact that you might have accessed a Gentile along your way, you also had to wash your hands before you do anything. So this is just an extension. This is an elaboration that in case you've touched a Gentile, make sure you wash your hands before you do anything. Now, this is what they come with to Jesus and they're saying, your disciples do not wash their hands. And what does Jesus answer? He says to them, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? You know, Jesus always asks questions back. It's one wise way to respond to some things or to people that uh, you find a question. Mostly people like these who are Pharisees, who are just trying to get ways of bringing you down. You pose a question to them, and that's what Jesus asks them now. And he says, for God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Jesus is posing something for, for them here. And he says, but you say, yeah, because that's what the law says, honor your father, honor your mother, 
and uh, anyone who speaks evil of the father or mother is to be put to death. That's what the law says. But you now, the Pharisees, say, Jesus continues, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. Hmm? He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Jesus is telling them, you're not getting this fully right. If you're coming to condemn me for these people eating without cleaning their hands, how about you guys? There is something you're also not doing right because there are in, tra- in, in tradition, in the law that was written and given, you're supposed to honor your father and your mother. But now for you, you came up with a special mm, something to favor you and your lack of support to your parents. And you said, as long as you do not have, uh, you're using it for God's work, then it's okay for you not to provide for your father and mother. Now Jesus bringing, is bringing this and saying, okay, how come for you you managed to twist that order of honor your father and mother to your own liking and in your own favor and used it? So Jesus chose the subject of honoring parents as this is the battleground I'm going to have. He picks it as a battleground and says, this is what I'm going to use. Because as far as the Torah is concerned, it had clearly commanded that children should honor their parents. Now the Pharisees themselves put stress on obeying and honoring parents, including providing them with financial support. But God's command was being evaded by those who took advantage of the tradition that they could declare on oath that any property or any money that might be used to support their parents was Coban. And uh, that Coban meant that it is dedicated to God and therefore not available to their parents. Like, okay, the money we've generated for the business we've had or the property we have, this is for God. So it is not available to you as parents. And uh, this is something that Jesus comes out to bring. So here, the tradition of the elders is clearly undermined. Yeah, It's not being taken into context as it was uh, written by Moses. So Jesus here is telling them, you're looking to the issue of washing hands, but you're also breaking one. You're looking to the issue of uh, these disciples not washing their hands because it's stipulated in the law, but you're also breaking one, which one which is even much uh, more clearer to them. So, he tells them, you hypocrites. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me. Yeah? And... Jesus calls out to the crowd and he says to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles the man. Jesus is speaking to them and is telling them, Yes, there are so many things you've heard. There is so much that has been said to you. But I want to tell you, that it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but that which proceeds from 
the mouth proceeds out of the mouth that defiles a man. It's not about the things you eat. It's not about the type of food that you eat that that profanes your mouth. No. That defiles you. No. It is about that which comes out of your mouth that defiles you. And there are lots of things in culture as far as Israel was also concerned that um, had been spoken of. You do not eat this. You do not do this. You do not have to touch this. And Jesus now is taking on another direction. And he's telling them, it is that which comes out of you. So, and he will explain it further as we read. Then the disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they had this statement. Because the Pharisees, the only way they get offended is because that which comes out of their mouth is not good. So now they are being labeled as people who are defiled. As far as those things that enter their mouth, they have been very uh, clear on them. They have practiced them well enough. They know what not to eat. They know what not to touch. They know the foods that are forbidden. But now, the things that come out of their mouth, the speech they have is vulgar at times. The things they speak are hurting at times. And now that's what Jesus says is defiling a man. Then Jesus answered and says, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Now, you need to understand this. They're not talking about mangoes or oranges or whatever. But everything that has positioned itself to be seen in positions of authority and it has not been planted by the Father, it will be uprooted. There are so many leaders out there. There are so many churches out there. There are so many people who are out there and they are doing things that seem for the kingdom, yet they have not been planted by God himself. By some other power, they've come. By some other power, they practice. And Jesus is clearly saying, those shall be uprooted. It's just a matter of time. And how I pray that as we wait for that time, God gives us the spirit of discernment that we might know that this is not real. That we might know that this does not come from God. This is not of God. But rather, it is uh, something that has been conjured up by man. And he says, let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. Jesus says, practically he's saying, everybody that listens to the Pharisees, everybody that works with the Pharisees, everybody that takes the Pharisees' information and guidance is blind because the leader is blind. So the followers are blind. The moment the leader is blind, automatically the followers are blind because they pick from him. And he says, if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall in a pit. And uh, Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. Jesus says, are you still lacking in understanding also? He's wondering, you have been with you for a while. You should be able to pick some of these things that I speak. You should be able to understand some of these things that I'm teaching. And he says, do you understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? Now, this is natural science. 
He's just talking normal uh, natural science that you understand that when you eat, it will get into the stomach and from there it is eliminated. Natural process. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and those defile the man. The things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. The things that you say the words that we say come from the heart. Jesus makes it clear. Now you can say all, all that we want, that no, that just came out. I didn't think about it as I spoke. That exactly was in your heart. Because from the heart comes the things we say, comes the word that we speak. And Jesus says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Hmm? When you're thinking badly about your neighbor, when you're thinking wrong about your neighbor, evil thoughts, when you want to do those things that are not right and you're plotting in your head, it is not coming from your head, it's coming from your heart. You can't say that it was in my mind, then I did it. No, it is straight from your heart. And he says, what else comes? For, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, Murders, yeah, killing, hatred starts from the heart. It comes out of the heart. Adulteries, we shall say all that we want that no, I, I saw, it's my eyes that tempted me into adultery. But it comes from the heart, yeah. Fornications comes from the heart. Theft, yeah, stealing things of others comes from the heart. This is Gilles telling us. False witness. Lying comes from the heart. Slanders that you're going to talk badly about others. It comes from the heart. And Jesus says, for out of the heart comes all this evil. And when Jesus is regarding it as evil, then we should not regard it as good because sometimes we get to the, the scripture and turn it for our own uh, benefit. Things that are mentioned here by Jesus, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, slanders, are all negative. They are all wrong. And he says those, if they are part of your life, they come from the heart. So that is why we've got a lot of work to do. That's why we have to do all that we can to make sure that we are living a life that is pure. A life that honors God. Because if we do not protect our heart, then these are such things that come out of it. My heart should not have evil thoughts. It should have good thoughts. My heart should not have murdering and hating people. But it should have love. My heart should not have adulteries that go on. But rather love and faithfulness to the one that God has given you. My heart should not have fornications going on. But rather faithfulness. My heart should not have theft, but wishing the best for others, that that which is theirs is theirs. My heart should not have false witness, but I should speak the truth at all times. My heart should not have slanders, but rather it should have wishing the best for others. And now, those are the two hearts you have. One will have good, the other will have bad. And he says, these are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. I wonder what the Pharisees 
felt when that statement comes out that no, it's not the things that you're saying that defile a man, but these. So you who are standing right here, if you have evil in your hearts, you are defiled. If you have murder in your heart, you're defiled. If you're adulterers, fornicators, if you're thieves, if you're false witnesses, if you're slanderers, you are defiled. And he was speaking to the Pharisees direct because of these things he mentioned, that is what some of the Pharisees were. And now they don't want to hear that, but he tells them, those are the things that defile a man. And how do I know that I'm defiled as a believer? If any of these things that Jesus mentioned is part of me, then I have been defiled. Then there is a job for me to do because it comes straight from the heart. And may God give us the grace for somebody who might be listening and you feel that some of these things Jesus is saying are part of you. May God give us the grace to overcome them. May we be able to cleanse our hearts of all defilement that is goodness that is oozing out. That is goodness that is coming out because that's what Jesus desires from us. And in verse 21, he proceeds to talk, he proceeds to give us an experience with a Syrophoenician woman. Uh, these are believed to be some of the Canaanites that stayed in the land of Israel at that time where they had to expel all Canaanite nations and didn't. So these are some of the Canaanites or Gentiles, as they are said, that stayed here. Now Jesus went out from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. This Canaanite woman knew the power of Jesus. He, she also knew that all the other gods that they have they have tried them. They've not worked. Now I need to try Jesus. I may not be Jewish, but I need to try him because he's the source. When you've tried everything and it has failed for someone who is listening today and you've had all things, you've tried all things and they failed, I want to let you know there is Jesus. So Jesus did not answer her a word when she spoke. And his disciples came and implored him saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. <laughs> like, let her go. Tell her, I'm not going to help you. Just go with your demon-possessed daughter. And Jesus answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Of course, Jesus makes this uh, clear that my mission is for you people of Israel because you are the lost sheep. You are the lost sheep in this house and I've come to sort you out. You've been messed up by your beliefs. You've been messed up by the leaders of religion, the Pharisees and whoever it is. And I've come to sort that out. And now, he answers, But she came and began to bow down before Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You know, that is the beauty, that you do not give up. You always cry to the Lord. You always tell him to help you. You do not give up hope. You always stay. And when things seem like they're not going, you always stay. You, you keep in prayer. You keep in supplication and you're asking. And that's what this woman does. Even if it looks like she wants to be thrown away or she's not going to be helped, she keeps on. And when she bows down and says, Lord, help me, this is what happens. Jesus answers, says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This is a statement that Jesus makes um, 
Of course, the children here, he's talking about the Jews. And uh, those who are considered dogs then, in their statements that they used to make, would be the Gentiles. But now, it's also one thing that could have uh, been something that should show persistence, that persist. Jesus wants to show, to see the persistence of this woman. And she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. If you are going to get some things from the Lord, you need to be wise. We need to ask for wisdom. We need to, to pray for wisdom because there are some things that you're going to access by the words that you speak. If this lady does not know how to respond to Jesus, then there is no miracle. Then there is no deliverance. She tells Jesus, even dogs. Yes, we might be considered that. But they also feed from the crumbs which fall from their master's table. At least let me feed from the crumbs that fall from your table because you are the master. She was bright. She was brilliant. She just knew what to say. And such moments are key for me as a believer to know how to speak, how to respond. There are responses that are going to gain you the blessing. And now Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Just like that, she was healed. And Jesus here is showing us that everybody can receive healing. Even if she's a Canaanite, she can receive healing. What have they told you that you can't receive healing? Jesus will heal you. It doesn't matter which nation you are. For you who's listening today. It doesn't matter which tribe you are. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. Jesus is interested in everybody. And he will come out for everybody. Even those that have regarded Gentile and dogs. Jesus is interested in them. All you need is faith. All this woman needed was faith. And Jesus says, it says, you have so great faith. Let it be done to you. As you desire. As you pray. As you ask. We need to raise our faith. Some things seem impossible. And it seems like there are those who have to access some of those blessings in life. It's like there are people who've been marked out for success for some things in life. And for you with your background and your education background and where you grew up from and whatever it is, you don't feel like you have access to such things. But faith shall take you places. Faith shall get you into offices you've never dreamt of. Faith shall get you jobs that seem higher than the qualifications you have. Because with faith, you can defy odds. With faith, you can change the norm. Jesus had come for the Jews, but with the faith of this Canaanite woman, she accessed her miracle. She accessed her deliverance because of faith. Believe today for that thing. Believe today for that thing. It looks impossible. For that dream, it looks impossible. But have faith and let it be. Because it is faith that pleases God. And departing from there, Jesus went along by the sea of Galilee. And having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there. And large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others, and laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd marveled, and they saw the mute speaking. The crowd marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, 
the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Are you lame? Are you crippled? Are you blind? Are you mute? Are you hopeless? Are you losing hope? Are you in fear? Do you feel like your life is ending? Have the doctors said it won't work? What is it? Is it your job? Does it look like it's gone? When you bring it at the feet of Jesus, it shall get life. We surrender everything to you today, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you, Jesus. We surrender our cares to you, Jesus. And we say, take charge. Because when we lay it at your feet, you give life to it. Bring life for somebody today. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com. 